children in worship, I'm uh, reminded about how sheep and people have uh, a lot in common. And uh, today we're going to look at a passage around um, Jesus being the good shepherd and we being his his sheep. And uh, probably not many of you uh, have much interaction with shepherds and uh, sheep. May not have seen any on your way into church this morning. Um, But sheep are those white, furry kind of animals that we get wool and lamb chops from. And... uh, Shepherds are those that lead the sheep, that, uh, that care for them. Um, but uh, sheep, and the way sheep and humans are similar is that we tend to group up um, into groups, into uh, flocks, into cliques, into to gangs. We, we travel in those kind of groups uh, together, and um, uh, oftentimes without thinking about it. It's just who we are, sort of how, how we're, we're designed. And sheep do the same thing. There's all kinds of stories of, of sheep um, herds, sheep flocks that are just, they're following the head sheep and the head sheep falls off the cliff and the other sheep just fall with them. And there's a, a story I ran across of some large flock in uh, um, in, uh, in Turkey. And uh, there, there was one, it was a close to a thousand sheep and the the first sheep got close to the edge fell off the other sheep just started following you know in in groups and gangs and to where all thousand fell off the edge now the good thing for the the shepherds they didn't lose all the sheep the first uh 200 or so eventually all fell and died but they became a nice soft landing pad for the rest that then fell on them and were Survived with just some minor injuries. Now, humans, we can do the same thing. A really interesting book called Brandwashed, which talks about the science behind marketing and behind advertising and the habits that we form as a people, like fads and fashion, which have no meaning. I mean, fads and fashion, they come and they go, really not purposefully driven, but it's just as a few people start uh, doing something or wearing something, then it becomes what everybody does. And and, and the book highlights a a, a study done at Leeds University in uh, England where what they would do is grab a group, get a group of people, and they would send them to a, a hall, a large room, or a mall kind of place and just tell them to to go and hang out there. And when... uh, um, and so they would, but they would tell 5-6% of the group, this is what we want you to do. This is how we want you to act when you're in there, where we want you to go. And it might have taken an hour or two, but by the end of the time, almost all of the people that were part of the study were doing the same things that that 5% were told to do. It's just our nature to group up and to do what other people are doing. Now, that's really important. It means that we're, we're, we're always following some leader. We're always following some group. We're, we're a part of some group almost all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. And what Jesus tells us in our passage today 
is that we, we are his sheep and he is the good shepherd. He is the one that, that will lead us in the ways of life. He is the one who will protect and provide and lead us to life. And life abundant, he says. So let's, let's jump into the passage and see how he is our good shepherd. It's in John chapter 10. We'll start with verse 1. It's on page 872 in your pew Bible. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Um, Almighty God, thank you for your written word. Uh, thank you as it um, speaks to us of your truth, um, of your goodness, and help us in this time in the power of your spirit within us to hear your good word, to hear your voice as our good shepherd. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, John, chapter 10, starting with verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, Anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know His voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from Him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what He was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Now, one, this right here is maybe my favorite verse as a pastor. Because, as a preacher, because here Jesus is telling a story, right? He's, he's giving them an illustration, and what happens? It bombs. They don't get it. I'm like, cool, I've been like Jesus, at least in this one way. And, and, you know, and he just keeps moving. He's, all right, let's regroup, let's tell another one. That's really good news. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So they will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. 
No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, what I want to do is walk through this and just see what, what is it that are, that are the, the characteristics of, of a good shepherd. How is, is Jesus, and how does Jesus fulfill these in, in being our good shepherd? Uh, the first is in verse 3, um, where uh, we're told that the, the good shepherd comes through the gate and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Yeah, so, so a good shepherd, he names his sheep, he claims his sheep, and he, he teaches them, he trains them to hear his voice. It wasn't like the sheep were just born and they heard a certain shepherd's voice. They had to be taught. They were led. They were, they were trained to hear his voice. And, and it is in that day, in Jesus' day, and still today in the Middle East, that's, that's how shepherds lead their flock. They don't drive them from behind like you see in the, the West with sheepdogs and stuff. They are in front of them. And they are calling them by name. Or, or, or they have a, a sound that the sheep hear. An instrument that they play and that they were following. There's all kinds of, of stories of, of sheep that get mixed up you know, in the city center. And then they just bring the shepherds in. They get shepherds on different sides. And they call their sheep by name. And the sheep will then divide themselves accordingly. And go to their shepherd. Because they've been trained, they've been taught, they've been loved by the voice of their shepherd. Now, for, for us then, as those that are followers of Jesus, uh, our, we, we know that, that Jesus has trained us, He's given us His Holy Spirit within us. And one of the, the, the scriptures say, one of the points of the Spirit is to bring to mind the words of Jesus. And we uh, um, uh, are, are given as well the, the written Word of God. What we, we believe and know to be God's word to us. And, and, and everything that Jesus says will be in alignment with this word. Everything as we go in our lives will be in alignment with what we know God's word to be. This is the, the, the training ground. So when we, when we gather together here on Sunday mornings, or we gather in Bible study, or we gather in, in your own personal devotional times, and you're reading through the word, it's so that you become, we become more and more familiar with the voice of the shepherd and we hear him calling our name so that we will follow him wherever we go at home, at work, at school. And that's really, this is a most significant uh, uh, issue when we, when we gather together. I mean, and most, most important to me, what's most important um, to Pastor Dennis and, and to, to Mike and to whoever else is, is up here speaking, is that, that we are on the same page. And what we are listening for is to hear God's Word and be sure everything that's said, not only during the sermon, but in the music and in the words, other words that are said, that it's in alignment with what we know to be God's Word, because that is the voice of the Good Shepherd. 
It's really, you know, because a day will come, and, uh, and James tells me this, that I will appear before God, and there will be judgment to say. We're, and what God cares about with what I speak and what's spoken up here is in this, is this in alignment with my word? You really, he's not going to care if you liked it or didn't like it. He's not going to care if you were impressed with my locution. You know, or, or poetry, which I don't really do. Uh, somebody after first service told me that. Um, uh, then uh, he's not going to care my, my presence up here. He's not, he's not going to care about it, the, the, the energy that is up here. Th- those things aren't going to be what he cares about because those are also the ruse of the thieves who are really good at some of those kind of things. And those things aren't bad. They're good things. Yeah, we, we want those. But those are secondary by far and meaningless unless we are focused on saying, what is God saying? And is it in alignment with His Word? That is... Those are the conversations that we hope will happen during Refresh. That we hope we happen at lunch. You know, what would you hear? What did the shepherd tell you? How was that in alignment with the Scriptures? What did you hear as you read the Scriptures? We, we as His sheep, been given His Spirit, been given His Word, so that we are trained, we are taught to hear His voice that is good. And, and that's the, the next thing. The, the good shepherd, we want to hear his voice because the good shepherd protects and provides and leads to life abundant. Um, verse, verse 9. Uh, he, he says, Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am, he says, at the very beginning of it, just, I am the gate. And it's, it's the, the, the gate. You know, he switches metaphors here, and that's okay. Miss Rainey, my grammar teacher, would have been mad at Jesus for that. But um, uh, I think we can follow along. That here he's saying, I am the gate. You come in and out of me. I am the way that leads to life, and it leads to life in the full. He says this a number of times. Back in in chapter 1, the end of chapter 1, he talks about he's the ladder to heaven, or escalator uh, to heaven. He is the the one who bridges the gap between earth and heaven. Uh, Later on, a few weeks, in John 14, we'll see where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, these are exclusive claims. Jesus is not saying, I'm one of the really good gates. Or I am the best gate, even. He says, I am the gate. I am the way. And there are other voices that are not Jesus' voice that are always trying to pull us away. There are other gates that tempt us and that we walk through regularly in our own lives, but they are not the gate that is Jesus. Uh, the, the scriptures talk about the, the, the voices of the devil, 
the voices of the world, and the voice of sin within each one of us that will call us away. And you know, the, the, the devil is not, doesn't really care if we follow him or not. He just wants to be sure we're not following Jesus. And that's why I tell you know, some of the uh, folks, and uh, particularly when I'm uh, hanging out with some kids and stuff who are in questionable activity, I tell them, listen, you just got to know, you're either playing with Jesus or you're playing with the devil. There's just no way in between. You may not be playing with the devil directly. You may not be doing demonic things, but if you're not play, if you're not walking with Jesus, you're not playing with Jesus, then the devil's happy. And you might as well be playing with him. It's that serious of an issue of the voice that we hear and the different voices that seek to pull us away. And again, G- Jesus is saying, I want to lead you. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the gate that will lead you to pasture, that will lead you to provision, that will protect you from the evil ways of the thieves and the robbers and the wolves. But he does make an exclusive claim to be the gate. But it's that significance of the battle that we're in. One of my... um, uh, Heroes, new heroes in uh, um, preparing for this. As I ran across a, a story about a Mrs. Thomas. This is in the 60s. Mrs. Thomas lived on the west side of Chicago. And Mrs. Thomas had um, nine children. And um, one day, uh, a group of, shall we say, tw- I think it was 20 of the Vice Lords, which is a gang that was pretty significant in Chicago's west side in those days, came knocking on the door saying, we're, and we're here, we're here for your seven sons. We want them to come join the gang. And, and Miss, Miss Thomas you know, closed the door, said, oh, just one minute, and uh, closed the door. And then she came back a minute later, and, and when she opened the door, she then raised her double-barrel shotgun <laughs> and told, the, told them, the vice lords, listen, there's one gang in this household, and it's called the Gang of Thomases. And they're, they're, they're going to be a part of this gang. Now, the thing, that, I mean, that, that is quite a story, but that, what I love about that is it captures drastically the significant decisions that we make of what flock, what gang, what gate are we walking through, who is our shepherd. And, and in this case, in one way, it was nice because it was clear. <laughs> this is the way of the devil. This is the way of Jesus. In many other ways... Many other ways, that distinction is much more subtle. It's, are, there are other sort of good things maybe we can do, but they're not following the voice of Jesus. It can be the American dream. Be following the American dream instead of the way of Jesus. We, we can be following the, the ways of, of um, Success, uh, worldly success instead of the ways of Jesus. We can be following the ways of hard work and the Protestant work ethic. I mean, those things aren't bad instead of following the ways of Jesus. Or we, we can be following the ways of my own preference and desires instead of following the ways of Jesus. That's much more subtle. It'd be sort of nice, wouldn't it, if every evil intent, if every evil temptation came with a pitchfork and a pointed tail. It doesn't. Now, for Miss Thomas, uh, she then 
kept her gang, and all nine of her gang graduated from high school. And the youngest of her children, um, if you're an IU fan or a professional basketball fan, may remember a Thomas whose first name was Isaiah and was uh, um, uh, quite a, a basketball star. But Jesus is that kind of good shepherd who protects and provides and wants to lead us in the way that is filled with life that is good and and beautiful. And ultimately, He will take the place. So the passage says that the good shepherd will then lay down His life for the sheep. You know, that He'll take the bullet for, in order to protect His sheep. Um, verse, Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The the, the good shepherd doesn't sit in his throne and blame or deride or pour guilt or uh, upon his sheep in their sin, in their brokenness, in their fallenness. Now, the beauty of the Good Shepherd, how he is, is good, is that now he takes our place and, and takes our guilt upon himself. He takes our evil upon himself and goes to the cross and dies for our sin so that we might have, in the power of His resurrection, the power of His victory over sin and death, we have His purity. We are made whole and pure because He takes the bullet of sin and death for us so that we can live with Him and with God forever. It's not that He leads us to be good. He makes us good by His decree, by His life, by His sacrificial death, what we're going to celebrate and enjoy in just a few minutes. He's not like the hired hands, you know, that when things get rough, when the wolves show up or the thieves and they overpower the hired hands, the hired hands, they take off. It's just a job for them. It's just a way to provide for themselves. That's not the way of the Good Shepherd. He stays and takes the bullet. He names you. He claims you. He calls you forward. He leads you into the way of life. He speaks to you. He loves you. He cares for you. Like a good shepherd. Like I said, He doesn't deride us. He doesn't blame us. He doesn't yell at us. He doesn't harp on us. He calls our name. And He takes our sin. If you're running from your pain, your failure, your struggle, your sin, you're you're running from it, you're trying to beat it, you're trying to overcome it, stop. Turn to Jesus. Let Him lead and direct you. He takes the failure, the pain, the arrogance, the cowardice. He takes the the, the struggle, 
the failure. He takes it upon himself so that we don't have to before a holy and almighty God. That's the scandal of grace. That's a good shepherd. And that, that word for good there is also used in, in other ways. It's not good like taking your vitamins is good for you. You know? It's not, it's not good like a high-fiber diet is good for you, even though it tastes like cardboard. Yeah? He, he's, he's good in a way that is beautiful, that is compelling. He's, he's good in a way that is pleasing that draws us to Him. That's the kind of good shepherd. It's, a, it's, not, it's, it's a voice that when we truly hear it, we want to follow because it leads to life and life to the full. I, uh, um, you may have heard of Gabby Giffords. She's been in the news some lately. I forget why I heard her, but she was a House of Representatives from um, Arizona. And it was uh, six years ago that she was she was shot and uh, um, in the hospital for a long time. Had to resign from Congress and, and stuff. You, know, you, you may not know another um, gentleman that was also shot. Um, at that time, um, 75-year-old retired um, uh, construction worker. Uh, his uh, um, name was was Lori, and um, Lori was at this same event with his wife, Mavy. And when the shooter brought his gun and started shooting, Lori took his wife, put her behind him, and then took the bullets so that Mavy, his wife, could live. And, and a week or so later at, at his um, a funeral, you know, a number of people got up to speak um, and you know, person by person said, you know, that wasn't just an isolated heroic act. That's who Lori was. And story after story of ways that he put himself between harm and those that he loved. And that's what we're, we're hearing about the Good Shepherd. And that's what I want you to know about Jesus. It's not just a one-time thing that Jesus said, okay, I'll go to the cross this time. You know, but if that doesn't fix it, well, then I'm going to come get you. you know, it's, it's His character. It's the very nature of our God that He is a Good Shepherd who lays down his life by his choice. He makes it clear here. This wasn't something that just happened to him. This was something that he chose to do because it is his very nature, and the very nature of God, the very command of God, the, the very work of God, and it's what he does for us, his children, because he is a good shepherd. He forgives. He protects he provides. In this battle with the world and the devil and the sin within me, my own failure, my own arrogance, my own lust, my own cowardice or greed or apathy or weakness, He is strong. And I can share with you in my own broken life when I obey Him, when I hear His voice and do what He says, He never fails. 
That's a good shepherd. And then finally, in in verse uh, 16, we see that a good shepherd unites his flock. He brings his flock together. He doesn't divide them. doesn't separate them. He brings them together. Verse 16, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. The, the hired hand, remember earlier he says, the hired hand, when the, wolf, the, the pack of wolves come and they start to attack, you know, they're, they're gone. You know, they are um, uh, running down the road. And what happens? The wolf comes, and the, the wolves come, and the wolves can't get the whole flock, but they can get a couple. You know, so they destroy a couple of them, and then what happens to the rest? They scatter in fear and self-preservation. That's the, what happens with the hired hand when the wolves show. But what does the good shepherd do? He stays. He unites. He empowers those that are around them so that they won't listen to the voice of fear and self-preservation, but that they will follow him together. We have a good shepherd who's beautiful, one who longs to call our voice, to claim us, to name us, to protect and to provide, to lead us into life to the full. And that doesn't mean it's a life without persecution, without failure, without brokenness, without struggle and pain and death, but it's a life even in the midst of that that continues to be filled with a joy and a comfort and a peace and a goodness. We have a beautiful, pleasing, good shepherd. He pulls us together in Him, that we might have life to the full today and forever in relationship with our living God. Amen.